Every day, you will encounter many different kinds of people. You will encounter delightful people. You will encounter difficult people. You will encounter inspiring people and irritating people. The fact is, a lot of your problems in life revolve around People. That includes you. That includes me. Personality conflicts you want to keep down to a minimum. When relationships are bad, have you noticed that life just sort of stinks? I mean, it doesn't matter how good everything else is going in your life. When relationships are bad, life is bad. And so it's important that we learn to get along with people. And so today, James is going to talk about how to relate wisely to others. We've been in a series entitled Developing a Faith That Works. And we've said, in order for faith to work, it's got to work for us first, right? And so James has given us a whole lot of wisdom, a whole lot of things to think about and then to put into practice. If you'll open your Bibles, get your outlines out, we're going to look at James chapter 3, verses 13 to 18. And I want you to look up here at this key verse. It's here in verse 18. He says, If you're wise, and those who are peacemakers, he puts it like that. And so what he's really asking is, are you a troublemaker? Or are you a peacemaker? We'll plant seeds of... Now you fill in the blank. Every day of your life you are planting seeds. You're either planting seeds of peace or you're planting seeds of anger. Right? And, and, and you can't just constantly plant seeds of anger over and over and over again. Because a harvest is coming. You, you can't plant seeds of anger and then pray you know, for a crop failure. The Bible says you're going to reap what you sow. But if you plant seeds of peace, what's the harvest going to be? You'll reap a harvest, you finish it, of goodness. That's what we want. But in order to do that, James says we've got to plant seeds of peace. How can I reap peaceful relationships? Well, you've got to understand a couple of things. Number one, you've got to understand that wisdom is a lifestyle. It has nothing to do with intelligence. There are a lot of intelligent people with horrible relationships. It has everything to do with your relationship with others. He puts it like this. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him, what's the next word? Show it. Show it with what? 
with your life, with your good life. Now, if James were here today and he were to say, Cross Point Christian Church, may I see the hands of everyone in here that thinks that they are wise. And if you were dumb enough to raise your hand, James would say, show me. Show me that you're wise. Let me look at the relationships in your life. Let me see how well you get along with others. Are you getting this? Wisdom has everything to do with relationships. How well do you get along with other people? And number two, you need to understand that a lack of wisdom causes problems. Verse 14, he says, If you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't boast about it and then deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but it is what? Earthly. It gets worse. It's unspiritual. It gets worse. Even of the devil. That's heavy. That's heavy. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder. How orderly is your life? Is your life, are your relationships in disorder? Is your life and your relationships in disarray? James says, you better check your envy box. Your selfish ambition box. Well, how can I know if I'm wise toward people? James gives us a list. Did you know that James gives a list? Let's take a look at the list that James gives. Verse 17. But wisdom that comes from heaven. This is not earthly. This is not of the devil. This is from God himself. Where does wisdom come from, folks? It doesn't come from your library. It doesn't come from your school. It doesn't come from your local university. It's a gift, and it comes from heaven. But wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. Before anything else, there's got to be purity there. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit. It's impartial, and it's sincere. James says, if I'm wise, I'll do these six things. Now let's break them down. We've seen the big key verses now. Let's take a look and break them down individually. First of all, he says, If I'm wise, I will not compromise my integrity. And he uses the word pure or purity. The wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, before you do anything else, James says, get purity on the list. It is pure. It's the word that means uncorrupted. It means authentic. Dr. Leonard Keeler, he was uh, one of the co-inventors of the lie detector. He administrated something like 25,000 polygraph tests on people during his career. And you know what his conclusion was about human beings? We're all basically dishonest. That's his conclusion. We're a bunch of liars. What commandment is the one that says, thou shalt not lie? Do you remember? How about number nine? It's a lion nine. Someone said six, just turn it upside down. You got a nine. And, and we violate that one so easily today in our society. Nah, it's got to be pure. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 9 says, The man of integrity walks securely. 
He's not afraid of being found out. Why? There's nothing to find out. <laughs> That's why he's secure. You know, he, he hasn't told Luis, you know, one thing. And he hasn't told Ricky another thing and Isaiah another thing. So he doesn't have to keep his story straight. He can walk secure. He's pure. He's telling the truth. He can walk secure in his life. And so there's nothing to be afraid of. Number one, if I am wise, James says, I will not compromise my integrity. I will keep myself pure. Number two, if I'm going to consider myself to be wise, I will not antagonize your anger. Do you know how to push buttons of people? And probably the people you know the best. You know the button to push, right? Leave that button alone, Bruce. Don't do it. Don't do it. Okay, okay. James, I'll listen to you today. (laughs) When I listen to James, my life goes so much better. And when I don't listen to James, my life goes so much worse. I will not antagonize your anger. Why? Because wisdom is peace-loving. Wise people are not looking for a fight. Have you ever met someone that was always looking for a fight? I heard about this guy that was so argumentative that he only ate food that disagreed with him. That's an argumentative guy. But Proverbs says, 20 verse 3, Any fool can start arguments. The wise thing is to stay out of them. Now, let me give you three, three things that you'd be wise to avoid. Three things. Number one, comparing. Number two, condemning. Number three, contradicting. Comparing is an area that you need to learn to stay away from. You are just like your father. Comparing. You are just like your mother. Comparing. Or why can't you be more like your brother? Or why can't you be more like your sister? Or when I was your age, we've all heard that, right? But you know what we forget? I'm now 61. And looking back at when I was a te- or, you know, te- the teenagers today, and you were to c- compare, so much has changed since I was a teenager that it's really hard to make a valid comparison. This world has definitely changed in so many ways. Here's one to avoid. Well, my first husband never did that. Or my first wife cooked a whole lot. Ooh, you better stay away from that. (laughs) Comparing. Don't do it. Or condemning. It's all your fault. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, we like to shame people, don't we? You always... You never. We use hyperbole like that as sort of a way to condemn. Nobody is always, nobody is, you know, never. But we use that kind of hyperbole to condemn. You shouldn't do this. You should do that. You know, you can bury a marriage with a thousand little digs. It's usually not the one big thing that ends a marriage. It's just dig after dig, after dig. And finally, that marriage is buried, destroyed, and gone. James says, be careful. Don't condemn. And then a third area, contradicting or interrupting. 
or, you know, especially when it's such a small little thing. Who wants to be contradicted or interrupted in the middle of a story? You're telling a story. We were going down the road, my wife and I, and, and everything was going fine. And all of a sudden, a green pickup truck pulled out right in front of us. It wasn't a green pickup truck. It was a blue pickup truck. Okay. We're going out straight, blue pickup truck. Well, it wasn't really a blue pickup truck. It was sort of a bluish-green pickup truck. I don't care if it was a red pickup truck. It's my story. It's the way I remember it. Let me tell it the way I want. When you tell it, you tell it the way you want. Are you getting this? Now, I, I know in your relationships at home, you would never get into a fight over something so trivial. James says, if you're wise, you won't sweat the small stuff. Amen? Another James, a guy named William James. This guy was uh, known for his famous quotes. He lived about 100 years ago, and uh, I like this quote of his. His name was William James. The secret of wisdom is the art of knowing what to overlook. Doesn't that make sense? It's an art. You know, am I going to make a big deal out of this? Or should I just, you know, let that one go? It's not that big a deal. No sense, you know... Dying on that battlefield over that fight. Knowing, it's the art of knowing what to just overlook. And so, if I'm wise, James says, I'll not compromise my integrity. I'll stay pure. Number two, I will not antagonize your anger. And number three, I won't minimize your feelings. I won't minimize your feelings. Now, he didn't say it like that. He says it like this. He says, wisdom is considerate. Husbands, wives, when you come home from work, are you considerate to one another? You may have had a bad day. You know, there's this common mistake that says that if I don't feel the way that you feel, then your feelings must be invalid. James says, no, 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 no. Wisdom is considerate. Don't minimize the feelings of other people. When you get home from work and you're talking to your spouse, you ever play, who had the worst day? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, my day today, oh, it was so bad. Well, that's nothing. You should hear about my day. Well, can I tell you about my day first? Well, what happened in your, a a brick fell on my foot. You know, okay, well, I can top that. A house fell on my foot. Well, a building fell. And you're just, you know, going back and forth. Back and forth. The Bible says, no, be considerate of one another. You share yours, I'll share mine. We'll pray about it. We'll get through it together. Speaking of bad days, you know what's worse than finding a worm in your apple? Only finding half a worm. Think about that, all right? That's a bad day. Proverbs 15.4 says, Kind words bring life, but cruel words crush your spirit. You don't have to be cruel. Let's be considerate, just the opposite. Number four, I won't criticize your decisions if I'm going to be wise, or even your suggestions. He puts it like this, wisdom is submissive. It's the Greek word which means open to reason. I like the Living Bible on this verse. It says, it allows for discussion. Are you a reasonable person? Or do you have to have your way all the time? 
Are you open to reason? Can your wife reason with you? Can your kids reason with you? Are you open to suggestions? Or are you one of these guys that says, don't confuse me with the facts, my mind has already been made up. Or, when I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. You see the difference? James says, no, that's not submissive. A wise person, though, should be able to listen and hear and be open to reason because there may be a valid point, right? Has anyone ever shared something with you and you give it some thought and you go, yeah, I haven't looked at it that way and, you know, I believe you're right. Other times they may share things with you and you look at it and you think about it. Well, no, that don't, I don't see it that way. And, 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 and maybe you don't. You know, we're, we're not all cut out to do everything. It's kind of like this, this preacher. He was trying out at this little community church in this small town. And he got up and he preached his message. And a fellow walked up to him and he said, Preacher, that sermon stunk. And the preacher said, well, what didn't you like about it? He said, well, first of all, you read it. Second of all, you read it poorly. And third of all, it wasn't worth reading. And this guy comes up and he says, oh, don't, don't, don't worry about old Jim. He just goes around repeating what he hears everybody else say. <laughs> Preaching is not for everybody, all right? You know, neither is being in the, in the band. Neither is, you know, whatever ministry you're involved in. There's a certain gift, talent, and ability that God has blessed us with. Find the bent, find that area where God has gifted you, and move into that area. You know, not every, sometimes you need to listen to reason. A wise person can learn from anybody. Proverbs twelve fifteen says, A fool thinks he needs no advice. A wise man, however, listens others now if it's true learn from it if it's false ignore it but if i'm wise i will be open to reason number five we're just moving through this today aren't we james has got some good practical stuff here if i'm wise i won't emphasize your mistakes we sometimes like to cap on it when we see someone fumble and stumble, don't we? But wisdom is full of mercy. It's full of grace. It's full of good fruit. Do you ever jump on people every time they blunder? Do you constantly bring up the past when somebody fails you? Heard about these two guys that went to this big convention in a big city with their wives and they ran into each other, you know, big convention place, big hotel, the whole thing. And they hadn't seen each other in years. And man, they hug and pat each other on the back. And, and they start talking in the lobby of this big convention hall. And the wives say, hey, you know what, we're just going to, saw that they needed to visit a little bit, but we're just going to go on up to our room. So the wives went up to the rooms. And the guy said, hey, we'll be there shortly. And they sat down and they began talking on until about four in the morning. And they said, oh, man, we better, we better get up to our rooms. Well, the next day, one guy says to the other, he says, well, what happened when you got home last night, when you got into the room? And he says, man, my wife went all historical on me. And he goes, don't you mean hysterical? He says, no, I mean historical. She told me everything I'd ever done wrong throughout our entire marriage. Mm. 
Proverbs 17, 9, love forgets mistakes. Oh, I hope you got a good forgetter when it comes to the mistake, mistakes of others. Doesn't that make sense? God wants you to have a good forgetter when it comes to the mistakes of other people. Nagging about them parts even the best of friends. If you're wise, you'll rub it out. You won't rub it in. Proverbs 17, 9. Love forgets mistakes. Number six, if you're wise, if you're wise, you won't disguise, now this is looking inward, all right? You won't disguise your own weaknesses. What are you talking about, James? James says, wisdom is impartial and sincere. Wisdom is impartial and and sincere. Bring up the next part, Case. It's a couple of Greek words. The word impartial really carries with the idea of straightforward. Nothing to hide. I'm just very, very straightforward here. And without wax or hypocrisy. Let's get this wax thing out of the way first. If you lived in the first century and you went to the local marketplace and you needed some pottery, a pot to hold, you know, your your water, you would you would Try to find a potter who was sincere. What does that mean? Well, unsincere potters, when they'd be making the pot and they put all this work into it, put it in the kiln and fire it, sometimes a little tiny crack would develop. And if a little tiny crack develops, that pot is no good. It's not worth selling because it will leak. But an unscrupulous potter will very carefully melt some wax into that little crack and then paint over it in such a way that the average person could not tell that it was flawed and it had wax in it until you started using it and putting liquid in it, especially something hot in it. The wax melts and the thing leaks. You would say, that potter is insincere. He is with wax. But a potter with a good reputation was known as sincere. He's without, he doesn't put wax in his pottery. When he has a broken vessel, even though it looks perfectly good, he'll put it in the pile with the crack pots. In the Greek theater, look at these two masks up here. The word hypocrisy comes from the Greek theater. Often in the Greek theater, an actor would play more than one part. And so rather than get another actor, what they would do is they'd just wear a different mask. They'd just change masks. And so the word hypocrisy was the word that was used for an actor. Now today, over the years, that's changed a little bit. We say, you're a hypocrite. You're two-faced. You're wearing a mask. And it's not a good thing. James says, if you're wise, you won't wear a mask. Now, some of you, I met some people here that may be first-timers today. I noticed that we had a number of people that I think were guests. Uh, they said they were the first time. We've got some people here here for Grandparents' Day. And uh, I didn't even know it was Grandparents' Day, but then they told me who their grandparents were, and I said, oh, go love on them, and they're back there loving on each other right now with a little tiny little grandbaby. 
That is so cool. But if you're new to our church, you don't know much about Crosspoint Christian Church, here's what I want to tell you right up front. I'm not going to wear any mask. If you're looking for the perfect preacher, don't come here. Because I'm not perfect. If you're looking for the perfect church, the perfect people, don't come here. Because this is a church that has real people with real sins and real problems and real hurts and real habits and real hang-ups. But we help each other. We love each other. We don't boot people out of the family because they fall short. We help one another. Now, if you're willing to be real with your habits and hurts and hang-ups, we'd love to have you here at Crosspoint. Because we got a God, don't we, that helps us with our problems. We got a God that loves us and forgives us. And this is the church you want to be in. Proverbs 28, 13 says, You'll never succeed in life if you try to hide your sins. In other words, it's dumb to pretend that you're perfect because nobody is. My Bible in yours says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all missed the mark in some way, shape, or form. And so, just be upfront about it. And you know what? When you stop pretending and you start telling other people about some of the weaknesses that you have in your life, they're not going to be shocked. As a matter of fact, most people will say, hey, you know, I struggle with that too. Or, you know what? Uh, I really uh, appreciate your openness and honesty that you felt like you could trust me with that. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to I'm going to ask God to give you power and strength in that particular area of your life. Well, how do we get wisdom? I'm not talking about knowledge. Knowledge comes from education. Wisdom comes from where? Above. Heaven comes from our God. It's a gift. Two more verses and we'll wrap it up. James chapter 1 and verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask of God. You need wisdom this morning? We're going to ask for it in just a moment. Some of you may need prayer, a little more prayer than what I pray. You may need to talk to someone in the prayer room. And uh, Tony, I'm going to ask you to go there if you would in a few moments. Wisdom comes from a person. Look at Colossians 2 verse 3. The secret is Christ himself. Talk about wisdom. Just look at Jesus. In him lie hidden all God's treasures of wisdom. It's all wrapped up in a person, the person of Jesus Christ. You know the wisest thing that I ever did was to give my life to Jesus Christ. And you can too. You can do it today. Let's pray. You know, there are a lot of smart, intelligent, and educated people in the world that are really dumb when it comes to the relationships. How wise are you? Where do you need wisdom? Do you need wisdom in your marriage? Do you need wisdom in raising your kids? Or maybe you need wisdom at at your workplace. There's that cantankerous person that just ticks you off and you don't really know how to handle that? Where do you get wisdom? Where do you get that kind of wisdom to handle those huge problems? It's all wrapped up in a person. It's all wrapped up in Jesus Christ. 
Now, the first thing to do is to invite him into your life through faith, repentance, and baptism. And then keep on walking with Jesus all the way through your journey of life. Father, we need your wisdom that can only come from heaven in our relationships down here on earth. Please give it to us. In Jesus' name, amen.